is risen? He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. A couple of pre-service announcements this morning. Uh, as we recognize and celebrate Life Sunday, our theme for this is Living with Dying. And also today, um, as we commission our Most Ministries mission team, as we leave this coming Friday to head to Guatemala, we'll have a brief commissioning service in the middle of our service. The choral anthem is uh, reflecting this this morning as uh, the, the choir sings a, um, a sending off anthem for the uh, Most Ministries mission team. And so just as we come to that part in our service, this, that's kind of the direction of that particular selection. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn number 9. 112. We continue with the order of worship in our worship folder. Remembering the victory over sin and death that God gives us in our baptisms, we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Redeemed of God, let us draw near with a humble heart and confess our sins to our Heavenly Father and ask that for Jesus' sake He would forgive us. And our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. People of God, your Heavenly Father grants you His mercy in Christ who bore God's punishment for all of your sins and won the victory over death through His resurrection. You can be assured of His presence and grace. Therefore, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, who won the victory over death through your Son, Jesus Christ, enable us not to be ashamed, but give us courage, so that Christ may be honored in our living and in our dying through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. The Old Testament reading for this Life Sunday is Habakkuk. 3:16-19. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
from Philippians 1, verses 18 through 26. Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit... Jesus, the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which, shall, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on all your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us rise to the meeting of the Holy The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming. When no one can work, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit 
Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated, and this time we'd like to invite the children to come forward for a brief children's message. Hey, good morning, boys and girls. How are you guys doing today? Good. You guys ready to get Elmo out up here today? All right. All right, you ready? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Good morning, Elmo. Hey! Whoa! Oh, I can't believe it! Whew! That was close. All the lights were out and everything, you know what I mean? How are you guys doing this morning? Huh, you guys doing great? I gotta tell you, you know, I gotta, I don't know if you noticed or not, I'm a little bit down today, you know what I'm saying? And not, but not completely down, but a little bit down, you know what I mean? How many of you guys have ever been kind of down and a little sad? Yeah, 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 you know. How many of you guys have pets? Huh? How many of you guys have pets? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't think my pet is alive anymore. Oh, no. Elmo, well, first of all, I didn't realize you had a pet. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I do have a pet. You know, but you can't see him right now because, well, I'm not sure if he's around anymore, okay? You know what I mean? Well, so do you think he, he might, might have died there, Elmo? Oh, yeah. How many of you guys have ever lost a pet before, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that make you sad? Yeah, does that make you sad? Yeah, you know what? I was sad. I'm sad. I think I'm sad. Elmo, what kind of pet do you have? I, I think we're all a little curious what kind of pet Elmo would have, aren't we, huh? I have a turtle. Oh, yeah, a turtle. Okay. And you know what? I can't see his head. You know, I don't think his head's around. I can't see his legs or anything. What do you guys think? He's probably sleeping. I know all about sleeping, let me tell you. And you know what? Just a second. What do you think? I think... I think you're right. Well, you know, Elmo, I think that's kind of interesting. He might be sleeping. You know, Elmo, we're kind of curious. Now, why do you have a turtle for a pet? Well, you know, a turtle's kind of, you know, they don't move real fast, you know, and, and they're kind of slow, and, you know, they just kind of sleep a lot. I, I'm learning more about that. And you know what else? You know, it's kind of the opposite of me. You know, and that would be, I'm alive! You know what I mean? Lots of energy and everything, you know. Maybe I should give the turtle some Mountain Dew. What do you guys think, huh? Instead of water, huh? Maybe I should give Well, Well, Elmo, I don't... What do you guys think? That'd be good idea? Yeah. Well, some of you say yes, some say yeah. I better not, huh? Okay. Oh, 
Like, focus on more. Oh, yeah. Anyways, hey, I got to tell you guys. I got to go, all right? We'll see you later. Okay, bye, guys. You know, Elmo... Elmo here, you know, he, he, he thought his turtle was he thought his turtle was dead, but it was what? It was asleep. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? You know? And you know, Elmo can get pretty hyper sometimes, can he? Yeah, you know, and he says he likes the turtle because it's kind of the opposite of what he is, you know. Today our, our theme our, our, for our Sunday is living with dying. You know, and that's kind of a tough thing, you know, that that on the one hand we're alive, but what's gonna happen to all of us eventually? We're gonna die. But then what happens? And are we going to be alive or dead? Alive. We're going to be alive. You know, and that's kind of how our lives are. Is that we live with dying, that in the end though, we still live. You know, and we hear about that all the way through our our, our, our readings today. Living and dying. Living and dying. You know what? We In sin we're dead, but Christ through His death on the cross has given to us life. And not only that, that He has conquered death for us in the resurrection. You know what? Each one of you guys, all of us here, will rise from the grave and we will live with Jesus Christ. Let's pray, okay? We fold our hands. You ready? Dear Jesus, You have come and given to me life in Your death. Give me strength each day as I live that I may share with others the life You have given to all people. In your name, I pray. Amen. Guys, for the reading of our text this morning. The text for this Sunday of Life Sunday is Philippians chapter 1, the third part of verse 18 through verse 26. Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, and for that it is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. For your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Jesus, to glory in Christ Jesus, because of my coming to you again. This is our text. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The title for today's sermon is Living and Dying. Living and Dying. As I left the seminary and made our trek out to Maryland for that call from the seminary, that very first call, there were many jitters about me. Myself, my wife, and our oldest son Isaac. 
Well, he was just a year old. I don't know what his jitters were really like. Who knows? But you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. Growing up here in the, in the Midwest, as we would call it, in southwest Nebraska over McCook, and then you, you get that call out of the seminary, and, and they say, you know, Hancock, Maryland. And your first thoughts are like, I'm going to die in inner city Baltimore somewhere because you have absolutely no clue where Hancock, Maryland is. And you roll into this congregation that's up in the Appalachian Mountains and, and a culture that's really set somewhere back in the 1950s at the latest. And your head trustee comes up to you and he says, Preacher... Because in that part of the country, they don't understand, as we understand, the office of the ministry as pastor. They see it as a functioning office, as preacher. That's his job. He preaches on Sunday mornings. And he preaches to you in the car when you ride with him. And he preaches to you when you're in the hospital. And he preaches to you all the time. And he says, preacher, it's good to have you here. I understand you kind of come from a little rural community out there in Nebraska. That's on the other side of the Mississippi. And I said, yeah, <laughs> just, just a little bit, you know. And I'm thinking, uh, and he goes, you know, there's just a couple things we, we want to get straight here right away. He says, you know, uh, first and foremost, he goes, we don't need to hear any sermons on abortion. We all know where we stand on that topic, and you don't need to worry about that. Number two... He was dead serious on this one, as the first one as well. Because for them colored folk, you just leave them alone. We all know where we go to church at, too. Welcome to Appalachia, USA. That was alarming. Both of those statements were... No sermons on abortion. That was going to be hard. Because virtually, it seems as if every Sunday deals with some factor of living and dying. Law and gospel. And of all the atrocities and, and behavior that, that, that can manifest itself in this great country that we are, it was Roe versus Wade. what a great detriment that was to us as human beings and to life. That life could be so easily diminished that for thousands of years as we read through the Scriptures and we uphold the Scriptures and we proclaim them as God's pure, unadulterated truth and that time and time again those scriptures, those words attest to life beginning at conception. That we could end up in the late 60s, early 70s, understanding that life is trivial enough that it's going to be a choice about living or dying. And it's not even going to be the one being put to death their choice. It's going to be somebody else's. 
scary standing before a group of people. Even if we could say we're pretty much in agreement. Because I know in, in about eight days this sermon's going to be on the air. And there might be some who are a little uncomfortable in taking a bold stand on such a hot topic that can be very politically charged and very divisive, even across families. As we roll back to our text here with Philippians and Paul's writings to the church at Philippi, he's making a bold statement. He is unashamedly, unabashedly confessing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he lays it out so beautifully. Whether I live or whether I die, it's about Christ. If I'm going to live, I'm going to proclaim unashamedly, unabashedly the pure truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to lay it out there. And if I die in my death, that too will confess Jesus Christ. It's not about a culture in the Greco-Roman era. It's not about whatever the culture wants to believe. It's about what Christ says and what the scriptures have given to him. Twenty-first century in the United States really wrestles with a cultural understanding. If we were to identify our culture, what would it be? And at best we could probably say it's a very self-serving, self-focused generation. And as we learned last week, it really is a me generation. And how often is it that we say, I know where I stand on things. And we end up a lot like the one trustee says, we know what we believe. And we is really an individual word, not a community together. I know what I believe. I know what I uphold. And I know how I'm going to interpret the scriptures. It's as if everybody has their own little Holy Spirit. And some might be smiling with that statement because we deal with that in the adult instruction class. That, that Holy Spirit trump card, we might say. That somehow or some way, the Holy Spirit has impacted me personally and that I have my own view regarding scriptures. So the world collectively encourages the individual to go with their own individual ideologies. It's whatever you want. It's whatever you want to uphold. Pastors are just as subjected to it as well. If I had my way and I had my choice, I would avoid the topic at all cost because it makes us uncomfortable. But that's not why God used you as a congregation to call somebody into the office to serve here and stand before you. 
There were days that I would like to call in sick. It would be today. And then I think, who would preach? And I jokingly say before services, well, it's up to the greeters. And right now you are thinking who was greeting this morning. But there's that reality of this text and of who we are as God's children. Because it's plural. It's not about me. It's not about my own belief systems or how uncomfortable it makes me feel. It's about life. The crown of God's creation that on the sixth day God created man. Humans. Us. And He breathed in us His Spirit. And He gave to us a soul. And that we are so important to Him that He loves us so much. And rather, He loves us in this way that when we messed everything up, and we wanted to be like God and make those decisions in the fall of mankind, God, instead of saying, I'm going to destroy every one of you, and He eventually did, all but eight, I'm going to save you. I'm going to absolve you. I'm going to send you into a world and wash you and cleanse you and renew you and redeem you. That's what our Father does through His Son, Jesus Christ. And so Paul writes boldly here the words for us today. Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to live... I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to confess boldly what He has given to me. I'm going to confess, confess absolution and the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting through Jesus Christ. That salvation belongs to me. And if I die, I'm still going to live. Because if I die, I'll be at the foot of the cross. Excuse me. I'll be at the foot of His throne and at His heavenly banquet table. So in either case, it's a good thing. Because God's going to use me here, Paul says, on earth, to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, or I'm going to be with Him in His heavenly kingdom. That's the same words that He gives to you. The same comfort, the same hope, and the same peace. That in those most difficult conversations, and in those most difficult topics, whether it be abortion or, or pick whatever it might be, you don't do it alone. You are given words to share. Words of comfort. Words of peace. Words that are absolute truth delivered to you from your Father in Heaven. You are baptized. You're washed. You're redeemed. 
You stand there not as an individual, but you stand there as a child of God belonging to a family. His family. Where He is the Father. Where He has paid the price. Where He has done it all for you. And that He has given you life and that He places upon your heart and in your minds the desires to convey that, the desires to confess boldly the sanctity and the gift of life. So that as you serve in your vocations, you confess life. And that as you rest in death, you confess Jesus Christ. And the comfort and the hope and the knowledge and the peace of knowing that you rest with Jesus Christ. The good news through all of this is that in a very interesting way, it is about us. That Christ has focused on you. And that His actions and His deeds are for your life. And that He carries you and sustains you and that He has mercy on you and that He sends you out with that beautiful gift of the forgiveness of sins and absolution into a world that doesn't know about forgiveness or absolution. A world that is hungry for that precious good news of the Gospel. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you His peace. Amen.